You're listening to The Residential Movement, where the focus is on making in-home dental care normal instead of novel or niche. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Robinson, a house call dentist with a lot of passion for reaching patients who are best served in their home or residence. I'm here to encourage, equip, and empower dentists like you to begin offering in-home dental services for patients who cannot get to the office, while also enjoying a more balanced work life. We discuss everything from dentistry, business, ethics, mindset, and more. Listen in to learn how you can become a part of the residential movement. Why did you become a dentist? I became a dentist to meet the needs of patients who struggle for access. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a very good chance that you have that very same goal. So if you've always wanted to address access to care, you may have ruled out private practice ownership and especially fee-for-service practice ownership a long time ago. When I was in dental school, my inexperienced self had some pretty negative feelings about fee-for-service practices. I associated these practices with greed and a lack of access. I assumed that I would have to work in public health facilities in order to address access to care, so that's exactly where my career began. Funny enough, years later... I am now a proud fee-for-service private practice owner, and I truly believe that the fee-for-service model is the only way to provide my patients access to quality care in their homes. Today, I'm going to share with you how I decided to leave public health and pursue fee-for-service practice ownership with my dental house call service, Acoma Dental. Hopefully, you'll be encouraged to start a fee-for-service house call practice, too. My time working in public health facilities taught me about the economics of these institutions. I learned quickly that the reimbursement rates of state-sponsored insurances, or really any insurance, were just too low to maintain the dental department, even with very high patient volume. The dental department seemed to be either running in the red or barely breaking even. These institutions relied on other revenue-generating departments and grants in order to maintain their dental department. Both grant funding and government funding come with a lot of conditions. You would not believe all the red tape. These institutions spent a ton of time strategizing on how to remain compliant with these regulations while also trying to offer acceptable patient care. Maximizing the number of patients seen each day became a huge priority, even if it meant visit lengths were kept very short. Most days ran fairly smoothly, but patients didn't always love their experience. I decided early on that I wanted to provide dental house calls to people who could not physically get to the dental office people with special needs, limited mobility, cognitive impairment. I wanted to reach anyone who is best served at home. Well, these facilities were not in the financial position to be able to compensate me, a dentist, to leave and spend over an hour with just one person in their home. They needed me there at the facility to see four to six patients per hour. I knew that if dental house calls were going to become available in my community, I was going to have to start my own business. So first, I thought about making Acoma Dental a nonprofit. When I spoke to my lawyer, she explained to me that in New York State, if you're going to open a nonprofit organization that provides dental services, you must accept state-sponsored insurance. I already knew that these reimbursement rates were hardly high enough to fund major institutions with thousands of patients, let alone my business where I could only see a more limited number of patients every day. Plus, I wouldn't be able to charge for non-covered services like a house call fee. I also knew that if I accepted these insurances, I could be subjected to random searches, audits, or other red tape-like occurrences. Finally, she explained to me that there are even more requirements for starting a nonprofit, like having a board and assigning myself a salary. I would need a lot of upfront funding that I did not have at the time. Plus, Acoma Dental was very experimental because there hadn't been a proof of concept of house call dentistry in my region. 
In order to be flexible and independently sustainable, she recommended that I start a for-profit entity, which is what I did. This was great advice because there really were so many unknowns in the beginning. When I started Akama Dental, I had no idea how many patients I'd be able to see each day. I want you to start your house call practice with the knowledge that I didn't have, so I made you a free scheduling guide called A Day in the Life of a House Call Dentist. It will help you envision your schedule during your days as a house call dentist. So visit residentialmovement.com slash a day in the life for that free guide. It turns out that I usually see three to four patients a day. With a low patient volume like this, I quickly realized I could not accept any insurance and sustain a comma dental. So even though fee-for-service practice ownership was not a goal of mine, it's the only model that allows my dental house call practice to survive. I ended up owning a fee-for-service practice by default, but over time, I realized what a blessing this practice model has been to me and my patients. Without a nonprofit board or insurance companies to answer to, I am only accountable to my patients. I can cater my services to meet their needs. I'm able to schedule very long appointments for patients who elect to get a lot of work done on a particular day or schedule many frequent visits for patients who prefer shorter appointments. I can also see my patients as frequently as they'd like to be seen. They really appreciate how the fee-for-service model allows me to take my time for them. I really think my patients feel exceptionally cared for. Personally, I love the freedom to set my fees for services, extra mileage, cancellations, or whatever else. I can give professional discounts as I see fit, and I can decide whether or not to pay myself on any given month depending on the priorities of the business. It's all up to me. I am able to develop this business based on what is best for patients and what's best for me without having to answer to third parties. Freedom is a huge value of mine, and the fee-for-service model certainly allows for that. Aside from the emotional benefits to me and my patients, I believe that a fee-for-service model is the best way a dentist can earn a living by offering dental house calls. This model allows dentists to be adequately compensated not only for the services they provide, but also for the time outside of every visit that's required to pack equipment, drive to someone's home, write notes, order meds, make referrals, and all the other behind-the-scenes work that patients don't witness. I respect that you have invested a lot of time and effort into your education. Becoming a dentist required an astronomical financial commitment, too. You are a highly skilled practitioner, and you've got to eat. So let's make sure that dentists are the ones paving the way and establishing house call fees. A lot of the advice I give on this podcast has a theme of find what works for you or it takes all kinds because I generally believe that. I want you to do what works best for you because when you're happy and free, your patients will benefit. But this time, I'm going to offer you a very specific recommendation because I think it will benefit you, but also benefit society in the long term. In the future, I want dental house calls to be widely available and completely unremarkable. If you're on board with that mission, I recommend that when you start your dental house call practice, you also start a fee-for-service house call practice and set your own fees. We already know that not enough dentists are offering house call services. If dental house calls are ever going to become the norm, we need to make sure that dental house calls are financially worthwhile for dentists. Establishing a fee-for-service house call practice right now means that by the time the government or insurance companies come looking for their piece of the pie, they'll have to reference the long-time established fees of the many fee-for-service house call dentists. Sorry if you can sense my cynicism of third parties a little bit. There are plenty of other people looking to profit from dental care, like the government, insurance companies, DSOs, but it's very interesting how they're not supporting dental house calls at the moment, huh? It's because it's not where they can make the most money. So in the meantime, we dentists have to take it upon ourselves to address access to care issues for people who are homebound by offering our services. Once dental house calls are more commonplace, the other institutions will eventually come along for their piece of the pie. 
And in the future, when they come along, maybe they'll even be able to help make it more available or help make it more accessible. But until then, we need to establish reasonable fees because their involvement won't come along for free. And a house call dentist of today, as well as house call dentists of the future, need to be able to earn a living. Dentists need to earn a reasonable living providing house calls. This is the only way to keep these services sustainable for generations to come. Now listen, house call dentistry is not the most lucrative business model that a dentist can adopt. I'll be the first to admit that. Obviously, you can see significantly more people in an office than you can at someone's home. And the services you can offer at home are not as complex or high dollar as services you can offer in an office. But in this model of dental house calls with the appropriate fees, you absolutely can earn an income comparable to a chairside dentist. If you're like me and always thought of fee-for-service practices as icky, I understand that you might have a very hard time following through on my recommendation today. Totally understood. But please know there are things you can do to make your practice accommodating for people who do have insurance, even though your practice is fee-for-service. You can offer to submit claims for your patients. We collect full payments, but then submit claims to insurance companies as a courtesy on behalf of the patient. When we submit claims to patient insurance companies, we advise patients that their insurance company may or may not reimburse them. We share that in our experience, state-sponsored insurances are less likely to reimburse for services provided by an out-of-network provider than private insurances. We advise them that these companies generally reimburse for the service fees, not the house call fees. We also tell them that we are completely unaware of their insurance company's reimbursement rate. We don't know the ins and outs of every insurance company, so we advise patients to contact their insurance company to understand their coverage. We never want to mislead patients or overpromise anything because that's not a good experience either. Generally, patients are happy to pay for the convenience and safety of in-home dental care, regardless of whether or not they even have insurance, let alone whether or not they get reimbursed. Still, like you, I also have a heart for people who cannot afford dental care, especially dental house calls. This is why my family and I founded the Home Smile Care Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization founded to provide financial assistance to those in need of dental home care, but who cannot afford it. If you or your friends and family would like to support patients in need, please consider contributing to the Home Smile Care Foundation. You can visit homesmilecarefoundation.org for more information. We founded the Home Smile Care Foundation to address the challenging cost of care, rather than allowing third parties to cheapen care and deter dentists from considering this career path. We're thinking long term here. Thank you for listening today. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts about today's episode. Feel free to reach out at hello at residentialmovement.com. I'm very grateful for your time. I appreciate you. That's a wrap on this episode of The Residential Movement. If you like what you heard today, please leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you know someone who could benefit from this information, please share this with them. All of these actions help fuel the residential movement. Visit residentialmovement.com for show notes and for access to any links referenced in this episode. Thanks again for listening, Doc. Keep up the good work.